Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movies we're talking about before you listen. So pause I'm it. I'm one of your hosts. Oh, so pause it. Okay. <laughs> Moment of silence. I'm one of your hosts, right? And I'm your other host, Chris. And Chris is a reluctant host today because he knows how I feel. It's weird. I, I I tend to be more forgiving of films than Rye, and I didn't actually think this was okay, as okay. bad. I mean, there, it's there was not nothing great. to forgive. It's not, it's not great. Um, it wasn't. I didn't think it was as terrible. I don't think it's. I feel like Rye's gonna um have a much harsher uh review of this of these last two films. And what are we talking about? Yes. Yeah, so this is the last episode of our. Underworld film franchise series. So and what a we, shit note to end it on! God damn it! Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you're listening to this now, I haven't listened to the other episodes. Like, pause that too. Go back, listen to it, or just just if you're just here for for the lols. If you're just here it, for the shit posting, you've come yes, to the right place. Yes. Um. So this week, um, we reviewed the final live action film. Underworld Blood Wars, which came out in 2016. And as a little bit of a bonus, we also watched Underworld Endless Wars, which is um, a series of like, I would say like maybe five to ten minute shorts. And there's three of them. So it's like a 20 minute long film, not even. Um, And it's like a tie-in anthology animated film series that I believe came out around the same time. Or after uh, Underworld Awakening, um, so so that that's that's what we're reviewing today. Right, we you have very strong feelings about this movie, and we were texting back and forth. Um, I I kind of I guess I let you get I let you down because I finished the movie before you, not too long after, uh, before the the Super Bowl started. And I thought it was a decent movie. Uh, it wasn't the greatest installment of the film franchise. Uh, I still think it's like a hard tie between the first and Rise of the Lycans. Granted, I didn't think it was it was the worst either. Um, I don't know if I don't I don't know if I dislike Evolution more. Or no, it's hard to say now. You know what? Okay, I don't know if I like dislike uh, ev- um, evolution more or this one more. Because um, I gen I generally, or I genuinely really liked Underworld uh, Awakening. Um, I thought that was like it, it had like a nice change of pace. There was like a pretty cool plot twist where. The Lycans were like secret scientists all along, and they engineered their comeback. Um, that was all fine. I I took no issue with any of that. I was irritated at the the easy way that they seemed to take with Awakening, but Awakening wasn't nearly as problematic to me as Evolution was. Evolution, it, it let me summarize it. In one sentence, if you haven't listened to the episode, why is he blue? That was like I couldn't. I, mean, I that's, still. That's just I couldn't a criticism get my head yours of the film franchise in general. <laughs> why? Why are the hybrid? Just why are they fucking? But Chris, don't get me started. 
So, yeah. Because so, I'm telling you, it's from a cinematic standpoint, blue look best with all the super dark and muted color tones that they use for, like, all this movie. They could have made the, them the fucking gray. Gray works well, too. It's a muted scale of colors. You could have done anything. My no, point <laughs> is... My point is... I, 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 my, my thing for my whole thing on endless war was I shit you not. I wrote one sentence and it was, thanks. I hate it mm. because I did. Cause I it, just, it I sat there and I was like, what, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? It, I, it just, it felt weird. It was literally filler. Um, and it was unnecessary filler. I mean, I feel like all filler is unnecessary, but like, well, there's, it was, there's good was filler and there's filler. bad filler. Like, this was bad filler. This is bad filler. Like, if you want to talk about like an example of good filler, like you, you don't have to skip far uh, too skip far. Well, you, you don't have to go too far away and just look at the Matrix. Um, and like, obviously, um, Underworld takes a lot of influences um, from the Matrix, like the clothing and like the action scenes and um, and. The Matrix, I, I forget when it came out, like a couple of years after. Oh, God. Am I, I forget. I think it was around the same time as Matrix Reloaded, but uh, the Wachowskis released the Animatrix, and it had a similar format as Endless War, uh, albeit it was a lot longer, um, and it was also divided into vignettes, and each one was directed by a legend in um an animation specifically a uh, japanese anime um and the animatrix was dope like it had it just it fleshed out the world and it told really engaging stories one and done and after that you're like you're like wow uh, you're enriched um and it, that should have been that should have been what happened with endless wars cuz um, you know this this movie. Uh, every single uh, every single underworld movie starts with like expiratory dialogue or monologuing, uh, with some moody shots of of the hungry skyline and uh, Celine looking badass. And Celine's like, voiceover from exactly. the first movie, like and, yeah. And the thing is, like, I, that's that that makes sense because the world of underworld is really dense. There's a lot to digest and if you're just watching blood wars or awakening for the first time they want to get you caught up to speed great that's fun um and there's i even after blood wars i felt like i still feel like there's like so much more to left to be explored and endless wars um it really didn't flesh out the world that often it it, i felt like it, it was just I felt I, I I take it as a little bit of a weakness where it just rehashed like like the first fifteen minutes of any underworld movie. I just condensed it to even smaller, and uh, they took they just took one vignette and just like they just spread it out um, over time over three or four minute shorts, and. I really didn't feel that much of an emotional impact um, about it. Uh, it was basically Celine hunting three Lycan brothers over the course of an entire century, which one I don't get because Celine is like 
considered one of the best death deals of all time. She could have easily took took out three of them, all three of them, in like no a year, you know. But right. So why? It just it, it, there was there was no point. I didn't think it did anything for the franchise. If anything, it was detrimental to it. If you're even going to consider it part of the franchise, um, I think that it was their attempt at we'll do a soft origin story for Celine, and that's it. And but that's that's weird. But it's lazy because, and stupid. Well, is I don't like. I mean, I, I I can't say for sure what was their intentions. But like, Celine's already the main character. We know a lot about her. Um, granted, I know they they tried to fill in some of her backstory, like like her I guess her early days, um, as a death dealer, like when she was hunting down the first of the brothers, or when, or the, they were just hunting them down in the the beginning of the short film. Um, it's implied that's very, very early in their, in her death dealer career, career. And by the end of the series, uh, it takes place like around the same time as, or actually a little bit before, like a pseudo prequel to Underworld Awakening. Um, cause she was still running around with Michael, uh, at this time, uh, the humans found out that blankets of vampires are real so you have martial law a police state already in effect um you had like these all these stormtrooper like um or actually like these shock trooper like uh military or paramilitary outfits like uh, hunting everyone down and amidst all this celine and michael take out the last like in brother and i feel like if you wanted that moment that could have been your opening to awakening instead of what we saw that could have been your opening you didn't need to make this weird like 20 minute animated short video you could have just made that tail end of the last story the beginning of awakening and it would you have know, been just I- as effective I would have been really interested if this was just a purely animated tie-in just to Awakening and it it's a story about like how the humans actually first found out about um like it's a vampires and it, they could have played as a mystery they didn't have to involve they didn't even they probably don't have to introduce uh, maybe like in passing, like 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 a news report, a news ticker across uh, CNN, like oh, uh, what's uh, what's that? what's what was the what was the name of that uh, lichen pharmaceuticals company? Oh God, I don't remember now. Antigen. Antigen. So it could have been like Antigen finds like I was gonna say Ingen, but that's Jurassic Park. Yeah. So it could have been it could have been like Antigen, and it was like a, a brief. Right. It was Antigen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it could have been a story about like how, like the one inciting incident, um, and it could have it could have involved Michael, it could have involved Celine. It, that probably makes the most sense, or it could involve um, maybe um, uh, someone from the Vampire Coven, uh, her ally. I don't what oh god, what the guy that Theo James plays? Yeah, what's his name again? David. Uh, David. Yeah, it could have been. It could have involved David. It could have involved like uh, his father, someone. Like it could. It could have been. It doesn't really matter. I. I feel like either Selena, Michael, or David. I think those 
those characters make the most sense. Uh, and they could have shown like, oh shit, how how the cat got out of the bag and how everything's everything's out in the open. Um, and I think that would have been a really cool way to uh, lead in into Awakening. Um, keep it more contemporary, and also it'll flesh. It, it also gives more Michael more screen time because he's he's completely not there in Awakening, and I if that was the purpose of the short film, like to give Michael or his character more screen time because he's so he's in the last two movies so little, um, just to give him some justice or some closure. Cool, but they didn't do that and um i mean michael only showed up for like three maybe like two minutes at a, in this short film and i i felt like i didn't get any closure from endless wars and especially so in blood wars like they i i'm gonna say it right now they did michael dirty in blood wars um they did Michael Dirty from Awakening on. I mean, maybe that has to do with the fact that Scott Speedman didn't want to be in the rest of the movies. I have no idea. But it was such a waste. I think one of the... Underworld, for me, still held up. My one thing that I always thought was such a mistake was that you don't see Michael transform into a lichen before he becomes a hybrid like you never get that moment and i love a good werewolf transformation so the fact that i i felt a little bit shorted in that respect all the other lichens you get to see them in wolf form yeah even michael sheen even though it happens like only like one time doesn't uh, matter and like the, the so og it. it still happens they, you know and then he gets his own movie so yeah, exactly. we're good because michael sheen's the greatest um yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And um, the other th- big gripe that I've had with Endless Wars... Um, so if you haven't seen it, it I, I don't know... Actually, let me look it up for a second. Who is the animation studio for this? We'll cut this out, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um... Huh, doesn't say. Okay, so it doesn't quite say who who was the animation studio for Underworld. Um so I mean it was produced by Lake Lakeshore Entertainment and Titmouse Inc. and they do a whole bunch of other animated projects, but I'm not really seeing any information about the the studio who did it. But if you haven't seen it um the style of it it's very much sort of similar i would say it's comparable to the animation from the castlevania netflix series except with a lower budget um and i i I don't understand some of the artistic choices they made um like on some like the thing that bothered me the most is like um they put a lot of detail um into the lichens um just both in their human form and their bestial form and I thought it was pretty it was pretty decent for what it was um um 
but the thing that bothered me is Celine's character design, especially her face, like in contrast with all the other death and contours and shadowing and layering they did with the lichens. Um, Celine's face felt so two dimensional, like like they didn't like. I'd swear for maybe. 16 out of the 19 minutes her face was just this like this one color palette there wasn't any shadowing um her face was just like it was literally two eyes and like a line for a nose um and i i get they're trying to go for like a pseudo anime style but the like the main character why didn't you give her more detail like it it just really threw me off like compared to how super detailed the lichens were and i just yeah it just that clearly that... whoever did the design had a favorite yeah i think they they clearly enjoyed doing the lichens more which yeah which is cool because like obviously the lichens had all the coolest animation parts and then celine's face was just like this like this mask they just colored one shade of blue over it and they yeah so i didn't really enjoy the animation um at least at least celine's um which is weird because she's the main character the lichens like i like it i thought they were they were animated beautifully uh i thought it was just the right amount of gore or they could have they could have made uh put more gore in it to be honest but um i thought I thought with, I, I'm sure there was budget constraints, so I, I think they did what, what they could, but they could, they should have put more effort on Celine. I thought it was just very lazy. The whole thing was lazy. They could have put more effort into the whole thing. Yeah. Or they just not do this storyline um, at all. You know, they could have, um, I mean, this was meant to be, a prequel to Underworld Awakening, and if they were trying to do that, they should have just done something that's more connected to like the events before, like the the, the powder keg uh, incident that made them uh, made up both like its vampires out in the open, or you know, like a chase scene of Michael Celine on the run by like vampires and like in enforcers you know just to just to um hit home like how much of uh, how how big of outcasts and fugitives they are between both factions and they don't really have a home i thought that would have been more interesting so i feel like anything at this point would have been yeah right we're, we're 20 minutes into the podcast we still haven't actually gotten the blood wars so i think we should go to blood wars we spent enough time talking about yeah, that'll be short. Um, <laughs> so, so here's so here's the thing. I thought that Blood War. There was a whole subplot of Blood Wars that was completely unnecessary. You didn't need it. It was a distraction from an otherwise incredibly boring and waste of a movie. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be a little mean about this. I mean, I, I, you do have points. So the that coolest was one of part my of this complaints. movie, the I'm coolest sorry? part of this movie, were the Nordic vampires. I told you, I told you that was the only like, thing that like like saved if there was movie. if endless war was about the Nordic vampires, I might have liked it more. Like 
I, you always knew that there were other covens around there, that the covens that had found that had made their camps where they made them, they chose those spots for reasons, but you always knew that there were others around. Like Amelia was arriving by train from somewhere. So obviously there are covens all over the world that you have to assume. I love that we get to see other covens in, in this movie also, I, hands down, the most badass coven, uh, like a, a which legion coven? of Nordic oh, Valkyrie Nordic ones, yeah. shield maiden vampires. That's yeah. that's my jam. Hands that's down. Like, that hands was so down. cool. The and and you know what? I I think it did take a little too long to get to this point where she would have to seek out other covens. But also, I know I said this last episode, and I definitely said it before the last episode. Giving Michael and Selene a kid is a cop-out. And this movie is exactly why it's a cop-out. Awakening was all about their daughter. How much of, of the daughter was in this movie? Oh, no, like, see, like so during the, the exposition scene, so we get, like, three minutes of all the scenes we see, well, we've, previously watched in all the other films so in the last like minute or two they drop like two big bombs like one like michael's mia and two um the daughter's completely out of the picture um celine celine says like you know i my i abandoned my daughter and um i i don't even know where she is now well, and, she said yeah. they basically decided that Celine didn't was never in like she. This was like her unintentional daughter, and she was like, "I wasn't ready for this. I didn't know you existed. You weren't really like a thought." And it was my understanding that her daughter was like, "Yeah, you're right. You're just you're not a mom, and that's cool." And she took off, and then that was it. Yeah, and then that it is. You never see her. It is. You yeah, never is, see her. Yeah, you, you not not until. Spoilers, the end of the film. But the daughter was completely absent from 95% of this film. I'll say 99%. That last that last second is like a sliver of this movie. Yeah. Okay, it's I'll like a you millisecond. That. Yeah, so, so the 1% is like flashbacks and like that one second where she randomly shows up in the tundra in front of Celine. Um, but yeah, it's it's so weird because um, I wrote in my notes all this and no kid and no Michael what a waste and then when we find out that Michael's dead I wrote what a waste of a damn hybrid because the whole thing with Michael was that he was supposed to be this brand new species he was supposed to be stronger than both of them which would explain why his blood was so valuable however you you hyped all of this up you created this character and you did him dirty he has done fuck all since underworld yeah i that's why i felt i felt they the, the franchise or this particular movie really did michael so dirty um because you know he 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 yeah Scott Speedman like okay fine he wanted to leave this he wanted to leave the series they got like some actor they they did like some face swap technology in Awakening so he was there at the beginning and at the end and at the end they established like this cliffhanger 
where the daughter sees through his eyes and Michael's still alive and and he's he's off in Hungary um and awakening ends Celine with Selena her daughter looking to the dark horizon and they were like we will find Michael and we will rebuild a vampire covenant and it had like this can do underdog attitude and then cut to this film where it completely like undoes all that um, narrative building and literally out the window because we find out like well Michael's gone um and we at this point you we don't know if like a Celine has just an incredible amount of trouble finding him or he's already dead um or he's locked up in some secret facility we don't know he's just not there and her daughter's not there um so that just erases all of like the 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 both the daughter budding relationship that they built up quote unquote built up i mean a lot of it a lot of happened um in this short amount of time and um but they this movie i mean yes it was directed by a different director it was directed by anna forster um led wiseman's not even part of the screenplay so it looks it sound, it looks it just seemed like these screenwriters just completely threw out like everything that happened in the last film um and it just did this really convoluted movie um now this movie's still 90 minutes long but they packed so many subplots and B plots, um, and they tried to make this into a political thriller at the same time as an action horror filler film, action horror film. So I swear, this movie—you might, you really have to have like a notepad and like some flowcharts because there's a lot going on. And it was just, it was unnecessary and stupid. And it really made me mad. Now, Laura Pulver, I love her. She played the dominatrix, uh, Irene Adler in the BBC Sherlock series, season two. And I absolutely adore her as, as an actress. I think she's fantastic and she's very pretty to look at. (laughs) Um, So seeing her as a vampire in this movie was great. Um, also the guy that played Arthur Pendragon from Sci-Fi Channel's Merlin was also in this. That's, also uh, Vargas? Vogger. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. My bad. Yeah. So, they were great to look at in this film, but their whole subplot took so much away from the movie, and it was just, it was unnecessary. It, you could have taken all that out, and the movie still would have unfolded the same way. What was the point? Yeah. Just to show how power hungry she was only to kill her at the end of the movie. And like, I just, it made no sense. There was no room for it. So why? Uh, yeah, it's, it's really weird. So like the, mo- like, okay. So the mo- the, the, the beginning of the movie is really strange. Cause it, it just ignores Michael, Michael's and, and Celine's daughter's complete emotional narrative arc. Um, two, it completely ignores, like, the, the police, like, the dystopic police state that, uh, Awakening established, like, everyone in the world knows that lichens and vampires exist, and then 
in this movie is as if it, as if it never happened. You know, there's not one um, like human patrol. There's they don't uh, emphasize anything about like like I don't know like sweeper teams or extermination squads trying to hunt down lichens and vampires. Granted, I, I I say this as like a narrative snafu, but at the same time, it would if they did that, it would have really complicated this already busy plot even more. So I could see why they ignored it, but just from a continuity standpoint, it's just very awkward. Um, now there's so many branching threads. Um, so I feel like plot A. You still have Celine, who we see her. She's burnt out. Like she's she's tired. She's tired of fighting. She's still on the run. Um, so we see her, and, and she's dealing with grief about like, and remorse about like like abandoning or giving up or not being with her daughter, um, and like not having nothing left to lose. So there's that arc. Uh, then you have. Um, the whole vampire versus lichen arc. So you have Marius, uh, who's like this new uh, lichen overlord who's banning the, the tribes all together, and they're um, he's like a charismatic leader. He's like he's like their their Napoleon. Um, um, so it goes through like that that plot where he has a secret scheme, um, which involves the daughter. Uh, the daughter is the, is the MacGuffin in the movie. Like she's the key to ending the war, and and um, and then the third pl- subplot was all this political subterfuge within the vampire covens, and how um, uh, what's her name, Varga and Samira. Uh, Samir, that's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, thank you. It's like Samir and Varga. It's so but, unimportant. I'm. It doesn't matter that you don't remember their names. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to make that like a like like a animated movie and just to fill in gaps, sure. But like in this movie, it just crowded a very uh, just. It just made the movie far more dense than it should have been. Um, so Samir's it whole was thing so, is. It was so convoluted and and just pointless yeah um yeah it, it, it introduced like this uh political political subterfuge where she's like playing it's, it's like game of thrones it's like um it, and like this movie came out in 2016 so that's still kind of in the that in the middle of that zeitgeist where you know v- uh, allies are actually enemies, and enemies are actually allies, and um, I'm gonna kill my entire family and clan for power, and all that kind of jazz. Um, and it just... I mean, like, I love Samira. I love her actress. I thought she played a great villainess, but it just was unnecessary. Um, so... oh, It also had a, like a Return of the King kind of vibe, like... The, that's like the fourth plot where it's trying to go with this emotional arc of David. Um, oh but- my God. What the fuck 
was that? I wrote, I'm not kidding, I wrote, wow, scraping really low in the plot barrel there, guys. Yeah, they they tried, they, they, they literally Return of the King, um, the Underworld series, because they're, they're like, oh, like they're, everyone's fighting over uh, the scraps or the title, and then, oh, look, David, the last pure breed, the pure blood, and uh, he's... He he's <laughs> the they, the underworld blood war tries to make David their Aragorn, where he's like a lowly vampire or low birth, but no, actually he's the the son of Amelia, the, like the last purebred, and he's the rightful heir to all of the covens, and he gets he gets this silver blade that's totally ripping off um, Narsil. Uh, um, and it's like, oh yes, this blade belongs to you. This is your birthright. And and David's like, he's like a, a a reluctant king, a reluctant hero. But then the end, when it, like at the when the moment the moment counts the most, he shows himself his worth. And oh, happy ending! He becomes the leader of the vampire. He becomes the new king. It was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I just I I honestly I just I have nothing. I'm literally torn between evolution and this one as to which one takes the cake for worst. Well, I would say, I would say, I just think at least with, at least with evolution, there was, there was mostly plot consistency in that. So I could follow what the hell was happening. But with this, there was so much shit that was going on and not for the betterment of the movie. There was, it, it just, it just, I, it didn't know what it wanted to be. And I think it tried to struggle with still working off what Awakening established at the same time, completely ignoring it. And I, I, I honestly don't think the writer's knew where to to where where to take it and they they didn't really follow len wiseman's lead i don't i i don't know it's like they completely ignored that he did the movie no he didn't and it was like they completely ignored uh, anything i mean okay look if i have to give it any sort of benefit of the doubt and, and and say one nice thing about this movie. I'll say that the urns of vampire ash were great. Um, okay, so the two the two things that I'll say that are that are nice are uh, vampire ash in urns, fantastic. And um, I like that they evolved the tech in a logical. It's a logical progression that like if the lichens are still attacking and you have all this if you have endless funding and money, you will invent tech to help with that. So yeah, like, like the, the training the programs and that shit into your body. And that too. So, you know, oh, and that was the other thing. The bad guy lichen in this, what the fuck was that? I was just unnecessary. All of it was un I mean, I know why they were there. I get like I get it. He was the one that like killed michael drained michael became an invincible force to be reckoned with i i fucking get it 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 sort of ties into the whole genetically engineered lichen thing that sort of died with that last movie see see if i was marius for one i wouldn't kill michael i would just keep him on ice like they did the entire last movie and just continuously farm his blood and then just keep him on ice 
and just thaw them out and bleed them dry, but, but don't bleed them too much. And then, you know, play the long game because who knows how far away the, the daughter is. We don't know where she came from. And then Marius, Mar- I, yeah, I can grant he's like, he's like a good leader. He's organized. He charismatic, but just bad planning with Michael. Like, just don't, don't like, don't kill your cash cow. You got to preserve it. Especially if you're trying to do daily injections so you can like make yourself like stronger and bigger and that's horrible planning. You're you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket. Like, oh yeah, we're totally get to get we're we're gonna get the hybrid child. Meanwhile, it's been I it's been I I don't know how long it's been since Awakening and Blood Wars, but it's been enough time where the daughter grew significantly. Yeah, she's she's an adult now. She's not a child anymore. Um, and it's it's hard to say because like vampires and lichens don't age that that's why they're quote unquote like immortals and that, that that just feeds into the fact well not only did you like misuse michael the movie just they killed him off screen in like the most unsatisfactory way possible i know i wanted to see him like hybrid out and put up a fight or maybe michael was like maybe they like genetically modified Michael so he's mostly a beast now and he can't remember anything and they use him as a weapon instead of or so, or just something or, or something like I don't know some crazy liking technology that hypnotizes Michael so he's now they're a, a literal attack dog I so, something silly like that I like the movie the franchise already silly already I can if it's executed well enough okay i could i could buy i, I could roll i couldn't it. buy into this one no like like because like all they did was just they, they show brief flashbacks when celine bites into something or she gets no she bites into but she gets a, a bunch of blood um she gets sprays um, into her mouth and then she sees marius's blood yeah, yeah she gets marius's blood on her lip and she yeah. licks it yeah, and then we just see, and then it was revealed that Marius like literally like performed a biopsy on on Michael, and he reduced him to like like vials. And it's like you could have, you guys have so much money for all these guns, a literal Gatling gun that shoots armor piercing UV rounds the size of like 50 caliber bullets but you don't have the resources to keep a chimera alive like you could have just like stolen a bunch of lab equipment from antigen before it went up the flames i you know i don't i now i'm getting frustrated right <laughs> i, 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 I thought i liked this movie people. and now i'm like i'm poking holes at it it's like uh Oh, this movie is not as great. It's as not thought. good. It's not good. I was giving it too much credit. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I forgive you. Yeah. You know, but I will... My single favorite part of this movie, Shield Maidens. Shield Maiden Vampires. Okay. I want an entire movie about that. I do, I do want to talk about that really quickly for a second, though. So, I... I understood what they were talking about. I would love a movie that just focuses on them and their mythos and all of that. Um, 
I guess every time they do it, their hair gets whider, which is why Celine had like bleach tips by the end of the movie. <laughs> and I they mean, all I, have I like, white I like hair. Look, it's like okay, you're not wearing too much too much black now. Now, now you have some Viking furs to go with your outfit. Cool. I was gonna say I she like was this. also wearing like a white coat, like a very like white coat. Like she'd be impossible to miss. But I will say that I enjoyed that they had their own community culture mythos language all of it rituals and i think that it's super important to show diversity when you have supernatural creatures that you're talking about they're not all i mean this is this is a rough one to use as an example of diversity because they are supposed to be norse so they're all obviously very white. Mm-hmm. However, super Nordic, <laughs> super Nordic very white. But the it was weapons, probably, no guns. <laughs> right, exactly. And it was probably the most diversity with the exception of the first Underworld movie where you saw Ray's, who was black. It's probably the most diversity we've gotten this entire franchise. Was and there an Asian lichen? Not, like, I felt like I've seen one. Was there know. an Asian lichen? I don't know. Uh, if you have to think mo- about it, I feel like maybe not. I feel like there was. I, it's, it, it's Did he die early? I feel like, like I feel like there had to be at least one. I just—it's my one thing when you are representing a a not real supernatural race of creatures. I feel like diversity it becomes an important part of all of this. When you're transforming into a wolf, it doesn't matter what you look like. So, like. You can have a smattering of collective of people representing both of these clans. I just, I guess, with more covens should have come more diversity, and I and I think it's a a huge missed opportunity to not have us as the viewer journey to these other covens. That the first time we get to journey to another coven, it's a bunch of white people, <laughs> well, which is yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's I mean, fine. It's, a, it's a different. Yeah, it's still Caucasian, but they're but they're a, Norse and they have their own exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like it's these are a warrior tribe of badass Norse vampires who 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 like excel in martial prowess and they have their own like unique mysticism or spiritual system involving like dreaming or and involving like putting people in like suspended animation or just put them on like this weird spirit quest and involves like turning into mummies and dropping them into like ice water for like thousands of years i thought that was really fascinating it's amazing yeah i think i think that i would instead of trying to milk this series for more I would much rather see more movies like Rise of the Lycans that take place within the universe but are different origin stories, so to speak. So, like, I would love to see a movie about... The Underworld Expanded Universe. Exactly. I would love to see a movie about this coven. I would love to see any of the other covens. How did they get started? Where did they fall into the war? What were they doing when the humans found out? Did you have to flee? Was there a coup anywhere? Like, those are things that I would... Like, if Samira was in power when we came in, 
And she wasn't always. Like, I'm assuming there used to be some ounce of goodness in her. What's her deal? Where did Wagner come from? These, these things like that. And nothing has to necessarily be about Celine the entire time. Yeah, I mean, with, with this And like I've coven, said before, they... giving them, yeah, giving them a daughter was a fucking cop out. That was annoying. And I knew we weren't going to get any payoff from that. I knew we weren't going to get it. It's just, it's so, it's so, it's lazy. It's yeah. lazy. And like, and, and this, co- like, if they would ever consider making another movie not a sequel maybe like a side side story they have the perfect end with this nordic movie because one it's established that samira she knows about um vardor or vandor vardor Uh, vager yes so she knows about the nordic coven uh she was there she was the regent that like that's why she had such bitter feelings um against like victor because she 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 was a regent in the nordic coven uh for a, a long ass while um you have lena like the badass um warrior champion and the the daughter of the vampire elder who rules over there you have vidar the elder himself um and then you can even you can even throw in like some expanded role with amelia and um david and uh his father i mean that's you don't i would i would just ignore that that ever happened i would just completely overwrite that okay so we don't we don't need the the the, it was weak it was weak it was more of lena more of lena she's yes exactly 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 maybe if you want to make amelia like i wouldn't i wouldn't hate that plot line but i hate that plot line in reference to an already established character like it I'm sorry, you killed his dad off, so now you had to make his mother, like, this whole sacrifice. Like, no, it's just, it's lazy, and it's stupid, and there's no reason for it. It just, it it really irritated me. This is easily the weakest and the worst of all of them. Sorry. Give, give us a Nordic Coven movie. You know what? You you know what? yeah, if you want, if you want to pander to the fans, and if, you know, you could do, like, a, like a five-minute cameo. Or like oh, or Kate Beckinsale, it's established that the movie, it's from her perspective, quote unquote, where like she experiences the entirety of this story, the entirety of this heritage, uh, this history in like some fever dream while she's under wraps for X amount of years. Um, you know, and then she experienced like she's in that spiritual place in the underground cave, all the holy, holy ice water, and like she, she it goes on this journey, but you don't know that it's from her POV. Um, you just see this story of the Nordic Coven unfold. Um, and then bam, at the end of the movie, she wakes up and like she, like you know, you, you see her change. She's now one of the Nordic Coven, and then the movie, like cuts to black and it establishes like this is right before she like kicks ass in blood war that would be cool if you want to go that way if you want to like throw a bone do some fan service have kate beckinsale ride one more time but um i don't think she wants to though i thought i, I, thought I, I honestly feel this like i yeah i i wouldn't blame her for not coming back and doing more of these movies after this movie well also i like the way she sort of ended it it was I could die tomorrow. I could not die in a thousand years. The point is, is that she finally took control. She stopped being a death dealer. She stopped searching for things. She's taking control of herself. And she's like, now I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. And 
I, I've been, I've just I've been alive too long past my prime. I don't want to be the traitor, the death dealer, the this, the that. She's an elder now, so she kind of has to live a little bit longer. But it felt very much like a finale for Celine. So if any other Underworld movies come within spitting distance of this franchise, I don't want to see Celine anywhere near it. She doesn't have to be in it. Her story she is just play in the shadows. She could just be like, oh, the. You're, you can you mention her Celine name in the movie. And, and like the Great War, and then like, I don't know, whoever is like, yes. It could be Lena. Lena is like, yes, I, she, I fought with her. She defended my home. It's like, okay, cool. Exactly, exactly. You can mention her name in the movie, but I really think that, that we're done with Celine and her whole trajectory. We don't need to go near her anymore. We're done. She's yeah. done. And Kate, Kate Leave Bankzell's certainly done. Like, like, she was asked, like, I forget, like, with 2017, 2018, if she ever returned for a film. And she's like, she was very candid. She was like, I love those movies, but I've done, I've done them. I've done enough for a lifetime. And you know, now I'm back to doing my own thing. Now it's all first circle. Like she started doing a lot of, she got her, her, her acting career start and um, doing period pieces, a lot of like Victorian dramas. Um, and then she wanted to do some action and then she went through this huge action phase and now she's back doing what she loves before. And that's good for her. That's awesome. Exactly. So just stay away from Celine. Like that ship has sailed. We're done. She has sailed into the Undying Lands and we're done. Yeah. I mean... Um, other, I mean, obviously, this we want this Nordic movie to happen. It has to happen. It's awesome. Lena, she's great. I think she'll be a worthy uh, successor. But I honestly don't think there's any other room for like a sequel or like a like or something else because I don't like the daughter and we don't. She, I, I don't really think. I don't think her story would be really compelling, to be honest. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, like, I maybe Len Wiseman has some ingenious card trick up his sleeve where he makes a really compelling story about the daughter, but I really don't. I could care less. I yeah, I don't. I don't really feel like I would gain anything by watching a, a movie about the daughter, and I. We can't, We had like what, like three movies with David already, and like his arcs kind of wrapped up too. He's like, yeah, he's he's the new lead. Le- he's like the new leader of the Western and Eastern Covens. Cool. Um, his arcs kind of wrapped up too. Uh, I don't know who else they would. They could uh, use. Um, I don't know. It's kind of all played out. I mean, the only nugget they really have is Lena character the, the i'm okay character. with it make her a movie yes make 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 lena make lena the star of the next movie you know what i wouldn't mind revisiting though just as if we're talking anything to you want to talk about filler a nice time gap movie that they, that could have worked so you saw rise of the lichens and where that sort of left going into underworld what you see in underworld is the crumbling of the deal that Lucian and Craven had. How did they get to that point? What, where in their lives did they figure each other out and find out that the other one was still like, I know that Craven was supposed to have killed Lucian, but where did he come in? Because he wasn't in Rise of the Lycans. He wasn't even around yet. He knew that Sonia, that he knew that he knew why Sonia died. He knew why 
um, Celine had to be turned and saved. But I would just, you know, spitballing. I could watch that. I would be mildly curious. That could have been good filler. Yeah, Craven. Craven only appeared in voiceover um, in Rise of the Lycans. Um yeah, yeah, which is weird. It's heavily it's like that's like the entire crux of like the first two movies where Craven like made secret dealings to he and with How did that get Lucian. started? I would be okay with that. Pivotal scene where it's like the final assault on Lucian and like his his quote unquote last stand, you know, that's the entire crux of exactly second, third act reveal. Wouldn't um, you rather we watch we always that? see it in like storybooks? We haven't right. seen it wouldn't, on the screen. Wouldn't wouldn't you rather watch that? Yeah. So I feel terrible that we sort of ended this franchise on such a, a shitty note. No, but no, it no. Was... Nordic, Nordic Coven is like okay. The fine, the race. Nordic Coven was the good note. Yes, that is that is the best. Okay. I will stand by okay. it. I, hands down, favorite part of the, the movie. Okay. Everything else. But beyond that, the rest of it sucked. (laughs) Yeah, the rest of it was very mediocre. So, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, that's what really I guess guess you feel kind of like let down because this is the final installment and extremely. Yeah. But I, like I said, I knew that when I, as soon as I figured out that they were gonna give them a kid, I was like, that's lazy writing and that's bad news bears because that's going to be a fucking cop out and it's not going to pay off and that's exactly what happened if you had kept the genetic alteration route instead and have maybe instead of having michael escape maybe that or maybe he does escape at the end of it but they recapture him and they synthesize stuff from his blood, but they keep him alive because they need his blood. And if they kill him, they're not going to have any more. Or some shit. It has to be like a certain temperature. They can't freeze it. Whatever it is. Whatever scientific mumbo jumbo you want to do. I just think that there were a lot of things that were done dirty with this franchise. And as a fan of the of the first three, well, two and a half. It was just, it was, it's kind of disappointing. But give me a story about that Nordic coven any day of the week and I'd be happy. It would more than make up for, in my opinion, it would yeah, more than I, make I, up I totally for agree. Like, Blood War and how just devastating that was. I mean, could... Uh, I mean, I... I honestly, I, I the last movie, I just, it, it, I think it strayed too far away from uh, Len Wiseman's vision, especially like, I mean, un, granted, Awakening, it's, it had its flaws, but I, I still really enjoyed that film, and that was like the last one Wiseman worked. I on. enjoyed the gore. He yeah, pulled, she did pull out someone's spinal cord. That's yeah, fantastic. it was totally Mortal Kombat, like fatality. Oh, so good. <laughs> Um, but I, I felt like the, the, the writers, um, th- they looked at what made, I, I guess like they, they superficially looked at what made 
Underworld is such a great series. Like the action, the moodiness, uh, political intrigue, uh, some hints of Romeo and Juliet, like like interpersonal drama and um, themes about family, family and loyalty and um, existentialism and. Uh, but they. I don't think they they just took bits and pieces, and I don't really think they took enough time to really explore like a deeper meaning, or they didn't take the time to um, try to say something new with those ideas, or try to synthesize something new. They because like there's there's these features that are all very familiar, and like. Granted, that's that's why you see an underworld filming. You you want to see all those elements, but like these were very very diluted elements. Um, plus, and I, and I guess they got lost in trying to figure out what makes it great. And this is why they didn't have a clear vision. This is why they tried to do too many things at once. This is why that whole of. Uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet thing where Samira's trusted confidant was secretly in love with Marius. It just felt really shoehorned in. It just felt like it just came out of nowhere, which is trying obviously to call back to like all the other echoes of Romeo and Juliet kind of drama with the original Underworld and especially so in Rise of the Lycans. Um... And plus, like at the time, I'm sure they were, they were still really caught up in like the Game of Thronesian political thriller intrigue, backstabbing kind of stuff. They wanted to throw that in the movie, see how it worked, and I just just too many things at once, too many cooks in the kitchen. So, uh, I'm not sure why I went on that rant. <laughs> uh, this movie, I don't know. I I just think I think I just think it's. If you're just going into it as just like, oh, okay, I just want to see an action film, it's a decent-ish. I would give it like a C, C minus. Uh, that's that's me being that's pretty generous. But yeah, I, I think it just it just lacks all we, like, the emotional and talking, narrative death of the. Are others. we talking the entire the entirety of the franchise taking everything to, into consideration? Or are you no just no just that's just that's, just that's just blood war blood war. Oh yeah, you're yeah. being real generous if that's just blood war. Yeah, I would give it a solid F for fuck off. Well, I I I'm grading on a curve because that's Dan a generous curve. Vampires are so cool. I cannot tell you. Okay, fine. I'll cool give it a are. D. I'll give it a D for damn Nordic vampires, but that's about it. Like, uh... do you know what was really cool? I'm sorry. I love this. I love the Nordic <laughs> vampires. The one shield maiden who was a little girl and she was like 12 years old. She took out of she like just leapt onto a lichen and started stabbing it with a silver arrow. That yep. was awesome. It was like hell yeah. Give me a story about her. That was awesome. I think Chris just really wants a movie about the Nordic vampires. Can't say I blame him. <laughs> I'll take it. Yes. Anyway. So. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I guess we're about ready to. We are done with fucking we're done. Underworld. We're, we're, we're putting we're this. Done. Mo- 
we're putting these movies back in the crypt and we're going to lock them away for like 500 years with a key. I'm going to give part of the key to Rye. I'm going to have have the other half on a locket. And then... uh, I'm getting one half stuck inside my body. Chris will be wearing the other half around his neck. (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so you you want it inside your body. I'll hide it in plain sight. I'll wear it on a chain. Um, And then... Yeah. And then... No, and you then know what? Screw 60 that. years Screw when that. Tom, no, we're going when, we're going to we're going oh to the no. Nordic Coven. We're gonna go on that that amazing dream quest. We're gonna have like bleach tip tips, bleached hair, and like we're gonna have blue eyes, we're gonna look beautiful, and then we're gonna trade in swords, and then we're gonna be looking fabulous in white and and furs, and we're just gonna be chilling and being awesome in a spooky <laughs> castle at the top of a mountain overlooking the aurora borealis, and shit will be dope. And we'll just look moodily on this giant ice lake towards the distance, and it'll be great. That's what I want. <laughs> this is Chris's retirement plan. <laughs> okay, on that note, that's perfect. Thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. So, Rye, do we want to tease what we're coming? Hell yeah! Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Because it can't be any worse than what we just saw. So, it's Valentine's Day, guys, by the next episode that's coming out. So, in, so we're going to be watching 2001's Valentine. I've never seen this movie. Neither have I. And I remember walking through the blockbuster when I was younger Showing my age for all you wee ones out there who don't know what a blockbuster is. And I remember walking through the horror section and seeing the VHS cover of this movie. I remember seeing it. I never got my grubby little hands on it, but I remember seeing this VHS cover. I am so excited at the prospect that this could be so bad it's good. Like, I could hate watch this movie, or it'll actually be good. So, we're watching Valentine from 2001 for next right. week's episode. All right, so we're going to find out in about a week, but I want to get a vibe check right now. Mm. Do you think you're going to like this more than My Bloody Valentine? Or oh, 100%. Much? Yeah? Yeah, I okay. have a feeling that I'm going to like it more than My Bloody Valentine, but it won't be a good movie. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, think it it'll be, be trash. Bad, movie? Could it be a bad, bad movie? I, no, I think I it'll be. I, have I think zero it'll be context for this film. So I, I do too, and I'm okay with that. I don't want. I'm not gonna. I'm going in blind. Uh, I'm not gonna watch a trailer. I'm not gonna look up anything. You are free to. Uh, I'm. I'm going completely blind. Like okay. I remember the VHS cover, and that's it, and that's all I want. Brilliant. So I'm going in blind. Um, I have a feeling that this is a movie that I'm. That is going to be so bad. I'll just, I'll love to just put it on the background and hate watch the shit out of it. So, could this be our Valentine's version of Thanksgiving or Krampus? Or... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I okay. could see that. 
I can see I, that. I like it. So we'll we'll find out. We'll find out how right or how wrong I'm, we are next week. I'm ri- really writing how terrible Underworld is that I'm just thinking so much in this other movie. This this, this franchise series, like, it's such a roller coaster. We started out so strong, and then and now look what look at us. And then Rise of Like is like, oh hell yeah. And then now it's just like, oh god, now we need a palate cleanser. <laughs> exactly. It just happens to be Valentine's Day, and we're yeah. using Valentine as a palate cleanser. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm well, excited. Well, all you dreadfuls out there, you have your homework. We're watching Valentine from 2001. So stay tuned for next week. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And as always, um, thank you for listening. And stay, stay dreadful. dreadful. Ha, 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 ha.